Hello and welcome to This Week at the Movies. I'm Matt. I'm Eric. And this week we have a special for- show for you. We're going to call it When uh, Animals Gone Wild. Uh, we are going to kick things off by looking at a new release this week that really just needs no introduction, and that is Cocaine Bear. Based on a true story, or based on true events, I'm going to say, the, the screen story here, uh, is a work of fiction, a uh, drug, um, I guess, import goes wrong, causing him to dump, causing the pilot to dump his product in a national park. What could go wrong with that? On his way out the door, the the pilot, played by uh, Matthew Reese uh, in just an epic cameo role, has a little whoopsie. Uh, and ends up falling into a residential neighborhood carrying a bag of cocaine, which, you know, alerts the authorities that, hey, something must be going on here. This happened in 1985. Uh, The cocaine was lost somewhere in, um, I think it's Stone Mountain National Park. Uh, Cherokee Forest. Yeah. Well, I thought that mountain that they were on was Stone Mountain because she asked about it at one point in time. But it's... And they kept saying it was Georgia, but most of the characters were in Tennessee and me not being that familiar with the. Yeah, uh, it's the I think it's very close to the border crossing Georgia into Tennessee, because basically the product falls out of the plane. The plane lands in Tennessee. The product lands in Georgia. And the bear wound up in Kentucky. So that's a whole other thing. Yeah. And in real life, they found a bear that had ingested cocaine and sadly overdosed. But here we get a whole different kind of uh, of feel and vibe. Uh, Elizabeth Banks is our director here. Carrie Russell, Margot Martindale, Ray Liotta, Alden Ehrenreich, and Ice Cube's son, O'Shea Jackson Jr. uh, were part of the cast in this. A pretty loaded cast. You also had like Jesse Tyler Ferguson, who I I thought looked vaguely recognizable. And I was like, wait, is that the guy from Modern Family? No, I can't be. And then you get to the end, you're like, yes, it is. Mitch, yeah. Yeah, and as I mentioned, Matthew Reese uh, has kind of a fun cameo in there. I don't even know if I saw him scroll his name scroll in the credits in real life, married to Carrie Russell. So it uh, would make sense that why he might have done a cameo. But this, it looked like it was going to be a lot of fun. But the question with these movies is always, can it live up to the fun potential? Is it going to just focus on being fun? Or is it going to take itself maybe a little too seriously or be a little too ridiculous for you to stay in that fun zone. And I'll kick things off. I thought for me, from the opening sequence, I was like, this seems like this is going to be a pretty good time. I I think it's the best Alden Ehrenreich performance I think I've ever seen. Um, He looked like he was having a lot of fun. His character was actually pretty funny. His back and forth with O'Shea Jackson Jr. was pretty funny. Um, not a great Ray Liotta performance for his uh, final film, but he's there. I enjoyed Carrie Russell. I really enjoyed Margot Martindale, um, who was in some of the wildest sequences. And this one kept it light, knew exactly what it was, didn't try to be something different, didn't wear out its welcome. It clocks in, you know, just about 90 minutes. I think with credits, it might actually be a touch shy of 90 minutes for the actual film part, which is great. And it really leaned into the action, made the most out of being an R-rated um, film, leaned into the present, uh, you know, the, the premise here. I really enjoyed Isaiah Whitlock Jr., who, if um, you ever watched The Wire, was just incredible on that, has some hilarious lines here. 
Um, so I'm actually I'm giving this one a thumbs up. I got what I expected. So I I had no I, I when I saw Cocaine Bear I thought of it as something along the lines of like pain and gain or something that's supposed to be like catchy snakes on a plane you know something that's supposed to be like oh this concept is going to be so memeable that it's going to drag people to the theater I didn't know who directed it I didn't know anything all I know is that I started watching it and I thought for a second that there was something wrong like I was being punked or something because the the tone rides waves of taking itself more and less seriously from the beginning. And the first thing that plays is Elizabeth Banks. One of the biggest properties she's been involved in is wet, hot American summer, the original movie and the two series that came out on Netflix. And they use that same opening song for the opening credits of that. And it just, it set my brain on a certain expectation that and then Matthew Reese's character just absolutely partying carried on that vibe and i feel bad for laughing at it because that's actually like probably the one casualty that's real from the movie that uh that happened in real life that we know of but i was concerned because i was i was sitting here thinking like how much of this is somebody uh you know using a cautionary tale about people messing with bears to like make entertainment out of it like what what is it what are we doing and so I looked things up, and when I realized this whole thing was fictional, I was I was really impressed with just like I don't know. There are certain things about the story that feel very specific and detailed, and um, I have an intruder. That's okay. Um, so yeah, it, it it's there's moments where there's gore. To I'll, I'll go ahead and mention the actor that stuck out to me where I was really surprised that I couldn't remember where he was from. His name is Scott Sice, and he's famous on TikTok, now on film. He was the paramedic who, I won't tell you what happens to him, but it's graphic. And it, it's that sort of level of, he's playing that scene very straight and very serious to what's going on. But then he gets onto an ambulance, and then for two seconds someone's trying to point a gun at the bear and he's like, ah, wacky, don't point at me, point at the bear. And like, just little moments. Like, oh, Shay Jackson Jr. walks into a bathroom. A uh, group of little uh, ruffians, whatever uh, word I'll use. He has to fend for himself. And on the one hand, it's a very life and death situation. You don't return your product, you're going to die. On the other hand, He's got a knife like halfway into his back and he's like, oh man, this is my favorite jersey. So I'm like, then just the way people get messed up, the way they play with the gore all feels very serious and other things feel light. But I feel like it struck a decent balance where it never tipped into taking itself too seriously and it never asked you to care more about it then um it never asked you to care more about it than you know the than it was it's a story about a, a bear that's high on cocaine and it, it, that's exactly and the baby bears that were also high on cocaine made me laugh as well well i thought that was kind of like a surprise and and the the way that they acted and handled them 
I think some of it too is a credit to Jimmy Warden who uh, crafted the screenplay. Um, you know, I think it works here. I have to be honest. One of my probably my favorite sequence is when uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. on Ehrenreich and um, the actor I can't remember his name. They're out there in the woods and they stumble across Isaiah Whitlock. That entire sequence, the thing with the fingers. Mm-hmm. Where they're trying to figure out, and then when the bear passes out, was gold. I was gonna say that the peak of the movie for me was him being stuck on that gazebo, and everything all the way through what happens to his character, and just staring up and just thinking of the comically like there's a bear out there high in cocaine, and you want to head towards it. That's the direction it went. Go for it. Like everything about that whole thing worked really well for me. So I, I also gave it one solid thumb up and I, you know, not like a masterpiece of things. They, there's a lot of really great visual effects work combined with some really great stunt work and really great, you know, and, and, and there are a decent amount of practical effects in the gore. I feel so bad for what happens to uh, Mitchell Pritchett. Um, it's, it's hard hitting, but they, they have a lot of fun with it and it was really worth the time. Yeah, we're going to keep that uh, train going. Um, in honor of Cocaine Bear, we wanted to look back at a couple entries in the canon of other killer animals. And most of the time when you have these animal attack movies, you tend to think of sharks because with Jaws and, and we've seen a million different sharks. So we eschewed going with sharks because here we got a bear. There are all kinds of animals that can get you. Some of them might even be snakes that appear where you're least expecting it, like on a plane. Uh, In 2006, we got the film from David Ellis starring Samuel L. Jackson and uh, Keenan, among others, uh, Snakes on a Plane. And Eric, I'll let you kick it off. What do you think of Snakes on a Plane? I think Snakes on a Plane is the most okay, unenthusiastic movie I I can imagine for a movie that has such a striking title. You know, you think Cocaine Bear and you get a movie that sort of lives up to that level of lunacy. I didn't see anybody wrestle a bear, but, you know, you see people like fight snakes and get, you know, like back and it becomes this whole thing in, in Snakes on a Plane. But it's just, it never quite rises to the heights of lunacy. I, maybe also there's so much CG work with the snakes that's dated to 2006 that it's hard to kind of get into it. But this is almost infamously a a movie that was sort of bullied into production by the internet. And it's like the world has never learned with re-releasing Morbius last year that like, just because you hear a voice on the internet that is loudly speaking for that, even if you hear a million people that is still a tiny fraction. That is that is like nothing of the audience that you're going to get to go see this movie. And, you know, not that I want movies like this to stop being made because I always enjoy the time I have watching them. But I just felt, I felt the same about Snakes on a Plane as I did in one way about Cocaine Bear where little moments are the important parts. And the thing is a cohesive whole doesn't feel like it's trying to tell like a story with a through line that like matters. It's sort of built around a few ideas that they had sprinkled around and written into a narrative. And so to me, it's just kind of like, okay, and then this happens and then this happens, not 
this happens because this happens, but this happens. So this happens. It's just very kind of procedural, very, I'm sorry, but I agree with the honest trailer, bland protagonist. And, um, you know, I, I'm just, I'm so neutral on this movie. I don't hate it because it is what it is. I, I don't, I just don't find a lot of enthusiasm with it. And I know that's kind of a boring take on it, but Hey, yeah, you know, I'm not that far off. I remember when in the run up to this, I was super pumped because the idea sounded cool. Um, I will admit that nothing probably creeps me out more than snakes uh, in terms of like animals. I, I'm like Indiana Jones. I don't even want to see him on film. So that was already going to be something of a challenge, but I was excited about the potential here. Uh, and then you have Samuel L. Jackson near. You're hoping for something good, and we just don't get it. Um, you referenced the Honest trailer. I'm going to be honest. Instead of watching the movie, go out and watch the Honest trailer, uh, which is five incredibly satisfying minutes. This movie was too long. I think it runs about an hour and 45 minutes. It probably deserved to be the length of a long SNL sketch um, based on the content. And they're absolutely right. The premise is so ridiculous and you have to make so many leaps of logic that they would even do this. Like, why Why would this be the method? Um, you know, I I feel like there was a way they could have done a snakes get loose on the plane. But, I mean, you kind of get a snake loose on a train with bullet train where they figure out how to take that premise of a killer snake accidentally getting free and wreaking havoc and make it work and make it fun. Here, it was too contrived how they were going to do it. Um, and they have nothing but cliches. And you're right, the, the main protagonist, you don't care if he lives. In fact, you're probably on the side of, if he dies, he dies. Um, so, yeah, for me, it ended up being a thumbs down. I I had some expectations, but it just, it doesn't quite hit it. Uh, we're going to move to our, our final film, uh, which was one that i picked i i enjoy a good uh moth you know animal attack um i had been a fan of lake placid which is all about an alligator attacking but i'm also a fan of disaster films so when i heard the premise for crawl which is basically uh people getting attacked by alligators in the middle of a category five hurricane which by the way is two reasons why you don't move to florida alligators and category five hurricanes I was all in. I thought, how could this go wrong? And then I saw Alexander Oz, who you can see the name up there as the director. And I remembered watching Piranha 3D and High Tension. And um, I think he did the Hills Have Eyes remake. And then I started to think, this is going to be horrendous. I like Barry Pepper. I like Kayla Scoladero, who uh, is the main actor here. I thought... I, you know, I'm going to give it a chance. But this, again, a film that requires a few too many leaps in logic, um, especially with the number of times that the main characters get viciously attacked by an alligator and seem to just be able to move on without any uh, any issues. I'm like, how many times is the alligator going to bite your legs and arms and you're still just swimming fine? You're fighting, you're punching it. Not, I'm not... You know, you're a college, you're a collegiate level swimmer. You're not like Superman, right? Um, I liked the premise. I liked the potential, 
but the movie for me ended up kind of falling short of my hopes. I I think it, if we're grading on a snakes on a plane curve, it's a little better than that, um, but it's still not great. You know, I I missed this movie in 2019 when it came out in the middle of all of it, and I really appreciated the chance to go back and revisit it. And the more I sit on it, the more I like it. And it's not by any means great. But there's something to be said for these movies that start when the action starts and ends when the action ends and knows when to cut in and cut out. It's a little a little bit tedious in the way that the story unfolds, the way it's like action set piece, some exposition about the family. Action set piece, a little more exposition about the family. I don't know why we had to bring other people into it as far as the people who are raiding the um, the gas station on the street. I don't know why some beats had to be in the movie. Um, I guess they're just kind of playing off of it. Like I, I feel like it would have been... Like, I was so surprised by what this was compared to what it looked like in the trailers. It looks like it's a very claustrophobic movie in the trailers. And then it turns into just this, like, if this is a house, the movie's runtime goes along with the water level as it rises. And I, but I thought there were some inventive, thoughtful visuals. It doesn't, it doesn't look like just a generic disaster movie. It looks unique. They're thoughtful with color. They're thoughtful with set pieces. But Yes, absolutely what you said in terms of someone being like ripped away by their leg from an alligator and then they're just like, you know, all right, got to wrap that up and and walk and swim. And, you know, like, it's like, no, no. I mean, you're telling me six hours of massive blood loss wouldn't have you woozy? Yeah. Like, I, oh my gosh, that, I don't know how her dad is not dead. He's got to be. He's well. Like, he got that half a bottle of water. I'm sure that really boosted. Or like, would she squeeze her sweater out with rain to give him some water? I'm like, yeah, probably. Yeah, there's really. some dirty Florida rain water. Hey, they might be used to it. You never know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, like, although no movie is more Florida probably than Crawl. Yeah, and it's well. I mean, it, it just it takes off like. I, I really was like, what is the buildup of this going to be? Is it, Are we going to see like them crawling? Like, I so much appreciated that the second she didn't know where her dad was, I was like, are we already in the middle of this? And sure enough, you are already in the middle of this. And I was like, oh, cool. And um, then the dad woke up and I was kind of like, oh, okay. All right. So he's, you know, and then it just kept kept going like that. So if if it weren't for having to again tip that balance where it takes itself too seriously in the moments where the exposition is there and like an alligator's twisting her whole body around in the water doing what they do and she's using it to reflect on inspirational moments from her swim career that's going to help her grab a flare and have a heroic moment it's like no you should have no air in your body you should just be screaming and and gone but 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 and you know what's funny is the movie's not over by its own logic. There are gators out there, the water level's right there at their feet, and now they have nowhere to swim to because they're at the top of the buildings. But you know what? They're like, we're done. Movie's done. And I was like, okay. And so I'm I'm going to stay neutral on this, but on the curve, this is a higher neutral than Snakes on a Plane. This is, this is just a little bit better. And I just, I don't know. It was, again, it's like less than an hour and a half. 
by the time it gets moving, it's already moving towards the end. It's just easy to watch and it's fun and rainy, really rainy. Like you get that sensation kind of like bodies, bodies, bodies of being rained in somewhere. Sometimes that's really comforting, especially with some of the sound design. So, yeah. I see. You had to bring up another movie. I just don't care. for. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, that is our uh, three movie panel for tonight. So if you take away nothing else from this episode, it's if you see a bear snorting cocaine, give it a wide berth. You know, maybe go the other way. Nothing good's going to happen. Uh, but if you're looking for, if you're an adult and you don't have your small children with you and you're looking for just like a kind of movie you don't really have to think about too heavily, that's a kind of a good time. Uh, that was it for me with Cocaine Bear. I think uh, based on Eric's thoughts, that was it for him too. I Yeah, I, I even go a step further as to say this is starting to brew from like a, on a timeline from Megan to this blockbuster season. This is a good step up. This is Mithrigan. Mithrigan, yeah. Hey, and you know what? Mithrigan is now available in an unrated cut. Unrated cut. Peacock. I knew it. You can yeah. see a longer sequence. You can see uh, you can see more of that kid's ear getting ripped off. So I just, if you're out there, filmmakers of the world listening, Cocaine Bear, perfectly satisfying. Please, for the love of God, no sequel. And with that, we will uh, we will leave you. Hope you have a great week, and we'll see you at the movies.